This episode is brought to you by today's sponsor, Anchor. If you're trying to get into making podcasts, but don't really have any idea what you're doing, then you should download Anchor. If you haven't already heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain how it works. Anchor is completely free and easily accessible. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you could ever want or need to make a podcast in just one place. So make sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Again, that's anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to start making podcasts today. And now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone, to the TBD Podcast with Hunter and Riley. Uh, I'm Riley. How are you guys doing? I'm doing very well. And we have Hunter here. <laughs> Hello, guys. How are you doing? How are you doing? Why, why, I'm why, doing very well as so well. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. You, okay. So the way that I did do that, I did sort of respond as if someone was like telling, asking me how I was. But, you know, <laughs> well, yeah, it's you, fine. Use imagination. I'm sure they responded when we asked how they're doing. I'm sure they responded. I so. always, okay. I always imagine that people respond to me whenever there's an audio of someone asking them, uh, asking or, or saying like, I hope you guys are doing well. And then I'll just always be like, oh, I'm doing so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so good. Thank you so much for asking. No respond. one's ever asked me about my day. I mean, yeah, that probably has something to do with the fact that I watch those ASMR videos. Those are like, that are like, <laughs> where they ask you, they're like, what's your name or whatever. Or, the, or, or they'll be like, uh, ask you certain questions. And then I like, respond to them like uh, it's, <laughs> no it's but anyway well welcome back to the podcast everybody um today we're going to be talking about spring football yes back to college football baby we still da, have four-ish months maybe maybe four or five months till uh september rolls around and we can actually wa- talk about actual football mm. and um and not just the off season but uh mm. Well, I don't know if I've told you the reason that people say off season like that. They whisper it like that. But did I tell you? Okay. So the reason for that is because I watched Late Kick with Josh Pate. Oh, Um, yeah. I watch him. And and whatever. He hates the word off season because he thinks that there isn't ever one of those in football. Like there's always stuff happening, even when the teams aren't playing every week. Right. I mean, that's true. It's still an off season. No, I know, but like, but for okay, for casuals that think there is an off season where like nothing happens, Josh Pate always goes like that. He always whispers that word whenever he says it because he's like, oh, we don't, we don't, we don't need the casuals to hear about the fact that the off season is going on. So he always does that whenever he's playing, whenever he says that word. So I'm going to adopt that. So shout out to Josh Payton, Lake Kick. I'm not stealing your thing. I just think it's really funny when you whisper that word. Um, But yeah, we've got spring football, which uh, brings lots of fun uh, stories and and developments uh, that could turn up uh, developing in the regular season. So yeah, I guess we'll just start off by uh, talking about Tennessee. And you actually went to this game, Hunter. So uh, I've been waiting to hear about your experience at this game because I've never been to a spring football game before. Yeah, me neither. This is this was my first time. Um, and you know, and I'll keep the the experience brief so we can just jump right into the the, the stats and the sure. everything that everybody was actually interested in. But um, yeah, so 
this was my first spring game, first spring game, and mm-hmm. honestly, it did not feel like a spring game due to the amount of fans that were there. Um, yeah, for this game, I think it was maybe sixty thousand or a little, little past sixty thousand. And um, I remember um, once we actually got seated in the stadium. Um, of course, we have like a like I'll say two levels: the the main the main level where everybody sits, at the end, the top, like the 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 tippity top. Well, mm-hmm. let's just say that maybe 70, 70, 70 to 75% of the, the main layer or level was filled up with fans almost My gosh. 70, 80%. Like it, it was pretty filled up. I would not lie to you. So I was like, sheesh, man. Um, but so we, just a, just a funny story. Um, our seats were in a, a specific section at a gate i think it was gate 25 right so mm. you know i'm thinking okay well i'm not used to hearing gate 25 like we usually we always usually get like the same seats around like i think like gate 12 uh or gate 15 or something like that so like I'm, i was curious to know where gate 25 led us well when we went down to gate 25 we were literally just about to walk into the stadium where the band was walking in at like right on the right on the um field level like if we walk through the gate there's the field right there like i can literally step onto the field so we're just like i don't know if we're supposed to be here like <laughs> is this general admissions like I, I don't know if, if this is the right gate well of course we were stopped like by um security you would say or the people who who manage everybody who goes through the gate and he's just like yeah so yeah this is exclusive you're not supposed to go through this gate it's only for press um band members wow. and football players and stuff like that so it was it was kind of neat to know where where they usually walk through and the the field from that view looked massive but so yeah we we took a, a like a, a whole trip around the whole or all of Neyland stadium like we i think we circled it like twice so it was it was a long long walk but we we eventually found our seats well Technically, the lady was saying, you know, since it's general admissions and it's a spring game, it doesn't matter where you sit as long as you have a ticket. So, you know, yeah. we found that the best seats, you know, right on the, the 50 yard line, on the 50 yard, on the 50 yard line, yeah. you know, sort of elevated, not close to the field, but not too far away where you cannot see numbers or names right. or whatever. Um, yeah. So we found our seats and it was a beautiful view. Beautiful. Um but before the game, I thought they were going to have it was called the Vol Walk. I'm sure everybody everybody knows the Vol Walk. I'm sure, of course, um, of course. Well, they they didn't have it, but we it was sort of like a Vol Walk where we we were literally right there next to where um, the players get off the bus. And I was kind of shocked to know that I was just about the same height as a lot of the players. Like, like yeah. I was expecting to be like, oh my gosh, like I'm looking at Shaquille O'Neal right now. I was expecting it to like be like that, but no, like I was actually eye level. And actually at the end of the game, um, my brother, my two uncles and I, we walked past um, Jawan Jennings, like mm-hmm. literally on the, like on the campus um and i was almost eye level with him and he of course he had me about like i'll say two or three inches but like it was just i don't know it was just weird to know that i was um just as tall as them because i I, you know my family always used to say like honey you could have played football in um in college okay yeah a a little about me guys or viewers or listeners um i played football in high school i was pretty good pretty athletic pretty um tall so my coaches wanted me to play in college but it didn't turn out that way. I didn't want to. 
kind of lost passion for it. <laughs> Um, shifted my focus, but I do miss football. If if I could do it again, I would probably play football in college if I can do it again. Mm. But anyways, yeah, so I've always had a thing um, like I'm too small for college, not not tall enough, not big enough, but once again, standing, in, standing next to the players, you know, shifted that belief of mine. So anyways, mm. so it, it was a really fun experience. Um, not a, I would say not a, as exciting, nowhere near as exciting as a real game, but it was still a good experience. I'm glad I got to experience that with my um, brothers and two uncles, and I'm looking forward to the regular season. So with that being said, let's just jump right into it. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Let's do it. So my initial thoughts on the spring game, I, I would try to go in an orderly fashion here, but um, sure. I would say overall, I was a bit underwhelmed a little bit because of course <laughs> we offensively we, we were the best offense in the nation or I would say either best or second best in, in the nation last year so I was expecting a high-flying offense scoring right. I, I wanted to see the orange and white team both put up at least 30 40 points whatever well this spring game wasn't that I think the final score was 14 to 17 yeah it was 17 to 14 yeah yes so I was a bit underwhelmed um I wanted the Josh Hype in the, in the OC to open up the playbook more, but they yeah. didn't. Like I think, really, majority of of the plays were um, run plays and then screen plays and then slants and then maybe it was one or two plays where they threw it down the field. But other than that, it was just slants, screens, runs, which is right kind of unexciting to me. But um, that doesn't matter because. I was able to, you know, sift through that and see the good in the spring game. So I will toss out some stats. Joe Milton, the supposed starter for a Tennessee quarterback. Yeah. He passed for he was 19-13, passed for 79 yards total and one touchdown. And we will talk about that touchdown in a second. And Nico, I'll put myself on the spot with this, but Nico <laughs> Emil. Amia Lava or Emil Lava, I don't care. Mm. Nico, mm. everybody knows who he is. Uh, he <laughs> was eight for 16 and he passed for 112 yards. And then yeah. this is one of the standouts for the game for me. His name is Gaston Moore. Yes, nobody knows bro. who that is. He is a walk on, but he passed for eight. He, he was eight for 11 and passed for 94 yards and he was responsible for two touchdowns. Yeah, man. So, he he actually surprised me. Now, of course, the 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 um the focus was on Joe and Nico, but Gaston was just like, "Hey guys, I'm here as well." And this spring game showed just that. But to me, he made a lot of, of, of great plays, great um, decisions, and was very very efficient with the ball, in my opinion. Yeah. So he was one of the standouts for me. Um, and then we can get into the 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 um the running backs. Now the one oh, yeah. for me who stood out was um, Deshaun Bishop, which is a true okay. freshman, yes. and then Cam Seldon, which was a um, I, I think he was just an athlete in high school. I think he mostly or mainly played wide receiver, but uh, they they moved him to running back <clears throat> for his yeah. freshman year, and he was he. He carried the ball 10 times for 45 yards. I know those aren't really impressive numbers, but if you see the fashion and how he got those yards, you will be impressed. And then, so he, mm. he scored one touchdown, and he was responsible. Um, well, he caught three balls for 43 yards, and he was he was very, very, um, what would you call it? 
versatile, in my opinion. Yeah. He's a big guy. I think he's, what, six feet, six two? I think they said he was six two, two hundred something pounds. pounds. So he kind of reminds me of like a, a Derrick Henry if mm-hmm. he, if he can get developed, in my opinion. So, bro, you've been looking at my notes. My first two, no. <laughs> my first two notes were Gaston Moore with like the eyes emoji, where it's like, oh wow, look at this guy. And then my second note is Cameron Selden reminding me of a better catching Derrick Henry. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. See, that's crazy. I I did not read your notes, but it's, I'm glad so that we both thought the um or are thinking the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Yeah, but he, Cam Seldon, he has the opportunity to be something really special at the position if he can, yeah. you know, of course, just just sharpen, get, fix the edges real, a little bit, get a little bit better and, right. and just tune up some things or whatever. But he's a true freshman, so I do not really expect a lot from him this year. Right. But from the running back room, I think we are just fine because – we even though Deshaun Bishop, I think he was he got most of the carries. We, well, mm-hmm. we also had Dylan Sampson, which was a standout last year. But we were yeah. without our we were without our two starting running backs, which was Jabari Small and also Jalen Wright. So right, so yeah, I was gonna ask about that because I was like, oh, I didn't see them play at all. I was like, who are your presumptive starters? I wasn't sure. I don't keep up with Tennessee football as much as you do probably. So mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't know if they had gone to the league or anything like that. So you guys still have Jabari and and and, Jalen uh, and Jalen Wright. Yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah. So that those are your backups technically. Exactly. Like Selden and and Bishop are your backups. <laughs> like, yeah. Selden, Bishop, and DeSamp. DeSamp is technically right. the, the third string. Deshaun Bishop is technically the fourth, and Cam Sutton is probably the fifth. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, that is nuts. So we we are stacked at the running in the running back room, and I just want to get this out the way. Um, so we had a lot of the starters out, a lot of them that did not play today on offense and defense. Offensively, right. you know, we got our um, our transfer wide receiver uh, Thornton from Oregon. Right, he did not yeah. play. We also had uh, well, he was he was dressed out, but he didn't play. We also have Squirrel Wright, White, Squirrel mm. White, which is I would say that the fastest wide receiver we have on the team. Um, he okay. he, you know, he um fielded some kicks and he was on punt return, but um for the most part he was not in the game. Uh, we also have Romel Keaton, which I I'm, I know you remember Romel Keaton. He made that he he made the heck of a catch against Florida last year, which kind of like I feel like. Shifted the, the the favor, shifted um you know the, the scales in our favor last year when y'all were kind of like keeping up with us, yeah yeah so we were also without Romel Keaton which was a a standout um wide receiver behind mm. Jalen Hyatt Cedric Tillman last year uh, Romel really stepped right. up in my opinion really good job on his on his behalf um did Brew McCoy play I no. didn't see him make any plays either Brew, okay. Brew McCoy was actually wasn't dressed out he. I found out that he actually played through a, I think a, just an upper body injury. I think it was something with his arm or whatever. He played uh, through it all of all of last year, so he wanted to wow. finish out the year and then um, just sit out the spring, um, heal, right? And he get, surgery. get surgery on it, yeah. or did he? Okay, okay. Yeah, I think he got surgery on it and he's letting it heal. So, guys, okay. we were without literally all of our starting receivers all of our star receivers um this mm. spring game which allowed which I, I was actually happy for because it allowed for our younger receivers to get some experience and also 
mm-hmm. get a few eyeballs around them. And the, the yeah. main one, in my opinion, who I feel like received the most eyeballs was Caleb Webb. That guy there, I feel like, had the catch of the day. I don't know if you've seen that catch, Riley. I did. But, um, yeah, he finished with three catches for 50 yards and one touchdown. But before that touchdown that he caught, he caught a – I feel like it was it was a hell of a, a hell of a catch. I think um, Joe Milton fit the ball in between two defenders, and he caught it with, like, one hand and was able to keep one foot in bounds, like, it, it was it was ridiculous. It was a great catch, and I've always had my eye on Caleb Webb ever since high school. Because I, not to be funny, but he always reminded me of myself. You know, he was long, athletic, um, and was able to win majority of the fifty fifty balls. And he he mm-hmm. was a deep threat, which so was I. I just didn't really get the ball as much as him. Um, yeah, right. But anyway, <laughs> so I've always was very excited to see what he can do um, under the lights and. To me, even though he wasn't really targeted a lot, I feel like he proved just that. He proved that, hey, I'm here as well, and Tennessee is in good hands after all of these top wide receivers leave. Or even he can, you know, he can brew up a storm this year if he gets the threats, in my opinion. Now, I feel like he needs the confidence, which every every young um, player or athlete needs the confidence. But I feel like he needs to get more reps and get confident in his position and know, hey, I am that guy. And once he gets that mentality, he will be a dangerous weapon for Tennessee, in my opinion. Absolutely. So, okay, so how many receivers? So did Jalen Hyatt go to the league this year, or is he still at Tennessee? Does he have one more year at Tennessee? Um, he technically had one more year, but he But he to decided to. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, is Tillman still there, or did he go to the draft also? He went to the draft how also. Ma- okay, so how many of y'all guys do you have from last year? So do you, you've got Brew McCoy still. Mm-hmm. You've got um, – just tell me all the receivers that you still have from last year. From last year, we still have Squirrel White. We have Brew McCoy. Right. We have Romel Keaton. Um, and those were the, like, the main ones from last okay. year that actually okay. played. Then everybody else is fairly new or either was right. just on the sideline. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, do you have, I'm, I'm going to throw some questions your way. If you, if you're good with general analysis, I don't know if mm-hmm. there's anything else you wanted to cover, but I do have a few questions for you. If you, if you wouldn't mind answering, oh, yeah, go ahead. um, so I, I saw this guy's name pop up a few times uh, throughout the game. Ethan Davis. Yep. That was an- What do you, what do you, what do you think about him so far? Yeah, that was another standout for me. I, I know I have a lot of standouts for this game, mm-hmm. but look, I'm a Tennessee fan. What, what more do you want? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Ethan Davis, he was a a, a massive standout for me. I feel like the, mm. the Nico to the, to Ethan Davis connection is going to be a thing in in the next yeah, few years right. to come. Ethan Davis, oh, I, I it was very unfortunate that he got injured. I think he broke his collarbone on on one of the catches, but he'll be back um, before. He broke it during the game. Yeah, so it, it was after Ooh. one of the great catches. I think it was another one where he. He caught it and then he dropped it and I guess he landed on his um collarbone wrong or whatever. Then he, mm. he broke his collarbone because he was hurt and then he went immediately to the locker room. I'm just like, uh oh. Oh dang. But I did not catch that in the highlights. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're not gonna put that in the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> dang. Okay, okay. But yeah, because yeah, I said I said that I was like Ethan Davis, that kid could be special, man. Like he could be really, really good. Yes, 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 yes. He was the one that I feel if like, healthy. Yeah, if healthy. If he stays healthy, he can he he can probably be one of the the best tight ends in the in the um in the SEC. 
Agreed. Um, Agreed. But yeah, he honestly he he did better than our starting um, tight end, which is Jacob Warren. Um, mm. I don't know if I told you this before. If I have, just stop me. But fun fact about Jacob Warren, guys. Um, we played against Jacob Warren. Well, my sophomore year and Charles and Chaz, um, their senior year, when we went against Farragut in the in the playoffs, we we wow. had them at halftime, forty two to fourteen, and they came oh back God. and beat us, and they ended up wow. winning the the state championship. And Jacob Warren was responsible for their comeback. So, Jeez. yeah, so we we played against him, but that's a, just a fun fact for me. Um, but yeah, so very fun, very fun. Yeah, Ethan Davis is, is, <laughs> is the is sorry. <laughs> that's trying to disengage. You're like very fun, very yeah. fun. No, that is a is a good. Fun no, you good, man. You good, you good. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like Ethan Davis is our our best tight end in my opinion that we have. Okay. Um, he's yeah. very young, of course. He still has to learn the system, and right, of course, he has to um just gain more experience. But right, as right, of right, right now. Right most athletic, yeah. athletically gifted tight end we have. So yeah, he he was another Agreed. standout in my opinion. Um okay, okay. But overall as far as the offense, uh, I feel like Gaston Moore really shocked me. Um Yeah. I don't want to really judge Nico or even Joe because mm-hmm. once again, I feel like offensively we could have let it fly more. I don't know why. Yeah. I I understand that you don't want to really reveal too much and that's a smart move but at the same yeah. time i feel like you got to put on the feet you got to put on the front number one you have to get your fans excited about the the next year and then number two i would say strike some fear and in, in some and some defenses around the country <laughs> in my opinion but no they didn't do that yeah. and the thing is there's really no right or wrong answer here but that was just my preference i would have rather see the ball air out a little bit more but it's it's okay yeah I think it's a kind of a combination of both. I think you should have a little bit of the playbook out there so that one, yes, you can sort of strike fear and build up that that anticipation and then excitement. Now, I don't think Tennessee fans need anything more to be excited about. Uh, they're a very, very passionate fan base and have been, even when they're not, even when it's not yeah, their yeah, year. Yeah. They always say it's their year. <laughs> so there is no problem there. No offense to Tennessee fans, but um and, but I think that there sh- they should maybe, and I'm not a coach, obviously, but I think you put a little bit of the plays down on on film that you can uh, look at and try to try to learn from. But uh, they didn't really do that. It was a lot of slants and not a lot of yeah, deep balls slant, or anything screens like that. and then just running. Right. But um, yeah, um, I did want to ask your opinion about the 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 qb maybe not battle because i feel like joe milton is the assumed starter presumed starter um but i was just like looking i was watching the game and i was like out of the three quarterbacks are you concerned that joe milton looked like the weakest of the three in my opinion because i think nico he's very very young but he showed a lot of promise like he can throw that ball and he was making good decisions on some of the passes, he wasn't throwing any. He was not not forcing. Anything. Yeah, I would say the wide receivers and messed up his stats for him dropping the ball, man. Yeah, right. And Gaston Moore, like you know. So I said Milton. Milton is the starter, probably. You know, he's the five year uh, veteran. But for how long? You know, yeah. <laughs> how long can he hold on to that starting position? Mm-hmm. So are you concerned that your starter this year, probably? Uh, I don't know if it's been confirmed or anything nice. by by Hypel or anything. You know, hype. It's just assumed. Yeah. Go ahead, finish out. I'm sorry. 
Well, I was going to say, like, how long do you think Milton will hold on to that starting position? Now, he played last year, too, and was very, very good still in that offense. But, you know, I, I would be a little concerned if I was Joe Milton to be like, well, Hendon Hooker took my job. Can this kid, you know, Emory Jones lookalike, five-star guy, <laughs> you know, come up and, and – or this walk-on come out and take my spot here? Yeah, well, the, here's the thing. I to answer your question, I would say I've always had concern with Joe Milton. Um, no disrespect. <laughs> Even so, here's yeah. the thing. It was like so. Let's let's flash back to I guess two years ago uh, when Joe Milton yeah. won the starting position over Hendon. He transferred, yeah, he transferred yeah. him and Hendon transferred at the same time. Joe won the the the, the um won the, the starting spot. Well, he goes down, gets hurt, and I think and it was in a game against oh what's that Pitt Pittsburgh or Pitt I think he right. he yeah, goes pit, yeah. down in that game Hannon takes over and then of course Hannon wins out the job last year well this one thing I didn't understand I'm just like what are the coaches seeing that 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 puts Joe over Hendon I mean of course Hendon was probably he didn't have the confidence starting out um yeah. or whatever but I think Joe Milton's decision making is what stands him above everybody else. But yes, right. you can make the right you can have the right decision in your head to make, but you also have to actually complete the pass or make the decision. But um I don't know. I'm I've always been concerned um of Joe Milton's accuracy. That's that's always right. been my concern. Always, always. And then sometimes he takes too long to get the ball out of his hands. I'm just like, and that was one thing I love about Hendon. Hendon was he he got it and he threw it. Like it was he he it was out of his hands. Right. But um I am concerned and honestly I don't want it to be oh Joe just has the start has the starting job. I would like it to be a a quarterback competition to where the best man wins. But I will say Joe has a, a, a massive edge over Nico and Gaston Moore, which is experience. I know you said the, the veteran, like how right. far can I even take you though? Just being a veteran, that doesn't always mean everything. Sometimes right. you need the, sometimes you need the um the unexperienced person to to carry your team and gain that experience because overall they're just a better player. I will say, right. Joe Milton's arm, he has the best arm out of everybody overall. Yeah. I will say that. But I don't know. I'm just concerned. I'm just concerned for him. Gaston Moore really impressed me. But at the same time, yeah. he did go up against third strings, second and third strings. So yes. let's exactly. like, that's why I'm just like, okay, let's just let off the guys a little bit and just calm down. Let, let's just see and trust the coaching staff. But at the same time, we can only go based off of what we've seen. And from what I've seen, Gaston Moore did the best. Nico was next. And then Joe Milton was last. Right. Yeah, and again, you take everything that comes from a spring game with a, a grain of salt because, yes, they're playing against, like you said, second and third strings. Like, how do you know they're not going to perform this well against, like, top-tier SEC players, mm -hmm. right? Um, there's no doubting Joe Milton's athleticism and his leadership and his veteran presence and experience on the field, obviously. Yes. And his cannon of an arm, crazy. But yeah, again, I would still point to teams like Clemson or, uh, for example, a couple of years ago, 
it was um, Florida had a very similar situation with Emory Jones and uh, Felipe Franks specifically, mm-hmm. where he was the veteran and Mullen, uh, Coach Mullen was like, oh, we, we have the veteran who's playing for us. But it was clear that one, they wanted to give Emory Jones a chance or Anthony Richardson a chance or Kyle Trask a chance. And it was only until Felipe Franks got hurt that Kyle Trask actually got the starting job and took us to like new heights. Yeah. Right. So, and, and with Clemson, it's very similar to like what happened with DJ Uyungle last year where he was like decent, but he was struggling, but he was the veteran. So he was getting all the, all the nods from, uh, from Dabo. And then Cade Klubnik comes in and totally transforms yes. the offense. So Sometimes it's you need that kind of spark. concerning. Yeah, man, exactly. So you need that that young buck to come up and maybe, you know, spark the offense a little bit. So I I I don't know how long Joe Milton's going to be the starter this year. I don't know if Josh Heupel is one of those coaches like a Billy Napier where he's like, "All right, best player will play. Doesn't matter if they're the youngest or the whatever, best player will play." And that's why Trevor Etienne, for example, I'm going to get to Florida in a little bit. He took over the starting the starting uh, running back job from veterans, and it was because he was the best player. So it, it it does make me wonder a little bit how long it's going to take either Gaston Moore or Nico. Uh, I'm not yeah, last name. I, I'm gonna say I'm I'm in a lot whatever Nico's to take the starting job from uh, a Joe well, Milton. I will so, I will be honest with you. Yeah. I I feel like. And the thing is, I I kind of I feel bad because I kind of wished this. I think two years ago, but I'm gonna be honest. If Joe didn't get hurt, if he didn't get hurt um, two years ago, I still yeah. feel like he would have started. I I feel like he would have stayed Probably. in there, and and I feel like it might be the same thing this year. If he if he doesn't get hurt, or they're just gonna roll with Joe, Joe. <laughs> or unless yeah, if yeah. But some here's the thing. I hope it's like a Garantano, Jerry. Oh, I hate that guy. But Jerry Gar- Garantano. I hope yeah. it's a Jerry Garantano uh, situation to where it's just like they take him out and they're just like, look, we just got to put somebody else in because this is just not going to work. And then, and of course, the the, yeah. the younger person, which was Harrison Bailey at the time, shows, or mm. even Brian Mara. Brian Mara was my favorite quarterback um, between the three, but they show flashes and sparked the offense, but. I don't know, man. Right. I feel like just because of Joe's experience, he's going to have a starting job throughout the year. Then they're just going to be like, whoop. Yeah. Which I, at the same time, I kind of want Nico to red shirt behind Joe Milton because yeah. I want, like, I think I was lis- listening to, I think his Joy Patel, I think. Yeah, that was actually embarrassing, wasn't it? Um, Future Hunter here to clarify that his name is actually J.D. Pakel. So shout out to that guy. You should look him up. He's an absolute legend. Back to our episode. He's on on, on N3, whatever it's called, also with Josh Pate, I think. I might be wrong. Oh, I got you. But um, he was saying, you know, you wouldn't want to call somebody out there too fast and then just break their confidence or whatever sometimes you want right. to to mold them into what you want them to be and then when they're ready bring them in because i feel like the, the just even with our special offense you really need time to develop in it like I, I feel like it might be too fast for nico right now i don't know i i mean he he showed that he, he can handle it but at the same time like it was a very limited right. um 
amount of plays um, for him to even have to run. But toss him in the game yeah. with Georgia or Alabama. Will he? Will he <laughs> kind of like crumble up under that pressure? He might. And the thing is, nobody will blame him because he is a true freshman. Like he just came from high school a, a month or two ago. Like it's come on. Right. But honestly, I trust Josh Hype. He's always been known as the quarterback guru, and I feel like he would make the best decision for the for the team number one, the player number two, and then of course, I'll say the fans number three. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, of course. So if if that's Gaston Moore um, starting, I'm fine with it. If it's Joe Milton starting, it'll that be, would be crazy. It would be crazy <laughs> we will see. Um, but yeah, so. Just a bit unimpressed, but at the same time, this is a spring game. Um, spring game. I will yep, say, exactly. defensively, I can tell that the that the depth chart is much much deeper uh, this year. Oh yeah, y'all looked a lot I sharper looked, on defense. Yeah, a lot sharper sure. on defense. But I will say, it's a lot of new faces that I it will take me some time to know their names and remember them. Um, right. Yeah. And they are much more athletic and aggressive this year. I will say that. So and they won the day. Mm. To me, they won the day in my opinion, the defense. So um Yeah. No, for sure. But yeah. And I know we're spending a lot of time on Tennessee, but it's good. Uh I, I wanted to we're done now. Well, no, I wanted to last just give you a little just a little comment about Nico and specifically his frame and who he reminds mm-hmm. me of. Okay. And I don't want to worry you, okay, because uh he reminds me of a young uh, Emory Jones, okay? And by that, I mean, and I don't know if you remember who Emory yeah, Jones the, is. The, the black, you talking but, about the black dude uh, with the dreads? Yeah, from the quarterback mm-hmm. in Florida. So basically, Emory Jones was in a very similar position coming out of high school. He was a high four-star. He wasn't as highly touted as Nico was, but he was like a 96 or a 97 composite player, which is really good. And when I look at Nico, his frame, his height, how skinny he is, um, the way that he throws the ball, he throws it with a little zip, his mobility, he reminds me a lot of Emory Jones. Maybe with just a better decision-making, potentially. But again, we'll just have to see. So I'm just going to throw that out there. He kind of reminds me of a of an Emory Jones, which again, Emory Jones, there, you could not doubt his athleticism and his talent. But he just had some problems with decision making, and he held onto the ball too long yes. at times. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if Nico can uh, can become the starter, and uh, and if if and when he does, uh, what he does with the team uh, at that time. So that'll be that'll be mm-hmm. really interesting and exciting for I'm sure most Tennessee fans to see where that goes. But yeah, I'm so tired of talking about Tennessee. <laughs> um, I'm here to talk about my Gators. Florida, Florida, and Florida State. Yes. The, the, the Seminoles. Gators and Seminoles. Ooh, oh, oh. Florida and Florida State. Well, my Gators and my Seminoles, yes. Well, all right, so I'll keep the Gators brief because as if you've seen the game or if you're They're one of those... probably a meme right now. Right. If, if, you've, if you're one of those trolls, okay, online <laughs> who goes, oh, Florida scored 17 points total in their game. Okay, look. Shut up, all right? It's year two like, of a Billy up, Napier. Exactly. Shut up. It's year two of a Billy Napier rebuild, okay? Now, it's safe to assume that there has not been a standout QB, okay? 
it, between Graham Mertz, Jack Miller, who are the two presumed quarterbacks fighting for the starting job, and then Max Brown, who will probably be their backup. Uh, neither of them really stood out. Now, I would say that if I had to pick one today to play at quarterback, it'd be Graham Mertz because of the experience and because I think in the spring game, he made more plays than Jack Miller did. I think he's more accurate with the ball. I think he's a little bit more mobile than Miller is. Um, I think he makes better reads. So I would pick Graham Mertz, but neither of them looked any good or you know, really separated themselves as like, ooh, this is going to be the quarterback of the future, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it, it, it is it is something to say that Billy Napier after was like, well, you know, we got the transfer portal and we're probably going to be looking at a, a quarterback to take. Like, that's not a good thing, okay? <laughs> that's what he said? Yes, he said we're going... That's kind of that's kind of shade to, to the QBs. I wouldn't know how to feel about I, look, that. Look, man, one. if you're not if good enough prospect. to run this team... This is the only thing holding the Gators back, in my opinion. There's a, is a, is a good quarterback. I would say mainly it is our quarterback play that, and that's true about any team. I feel like in NFL or or college, if you have a good quarterback, you can go a long way. That's why we won so many uh, like close games last year. Anthony Richardson carried us to a few of those wins, right? Utah, um, Utah specifically, and almost Tennessee, almost Tennessee at one point. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. But not Tennessee. Uh, it looked closer than it actually was. You guys controlled that game the whole time. Um, but you know, it you need a good quarterback, otherwise you're not going to win that many games, right? So I'm a little concerned on that front. Now, <laughs> uh, I will say that we are a very young team. Because uh, a ton of the players that played yesterday will start in the fall as either freshmen or sophomores that mm. came in from the transfer portal or mostly recruiting. And um, I am very excited about the future. I'm not excited about the present of the Florida Gators program, <laughs> which is inexperienced, um, young, uh Hasn't played on the biggest stage yet. Now, there are a couple of bright spots. Yes, exactly. Now, there are a couple of bright spots, um, but not a lot, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The running backs looked great. It's very clear that Billy Napier knows how to how to get some, you know, pick the running backs and evalu- evaluate their talent. And and really, I mean, we brought in Cam Carroll, the, the two-lane transfer, and he looked like the best running back out of the four that we saw yesterday. Granted, Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne are the like guaranteed starters, so they didn't get as many attempts yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cam Carroll is great. I mean, he had a nice hurdle play, and he had a couple of really nice runs. Um, and this is all without four of your starting offensive linemen. We played with backups yesterday, and we were right. already weak on that front. Um especially since we lost Osiris Torrance, our like all American first team, all American uh, guard to the draft. And he made a lot of plays for us last year and a lot of holes that the running backs took advantage of. Mm -hmm. So I think we're good in the running back department. I think we are getting there on the wide receiver department. We're just very young and inexperienced. We have like one veteran receiver now and the rest are like, shouldn't even be starting but they are because we just don't have the depth right now. 
So that is my overall take of like the Gator game right now. The defense looked good, but I think that is in part due to the fact that our offense looked horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited about Coach Armstrong and and him being the defensive coordinator since Patrick Tony left. Uh, his defense looks good, and it looks like one of the biggest issues that we had last year on the defensive side of the ball was we couldn't do anything because uh, we had no depth on the defensive line, right? But by the way that we draft, not drafted, recruited um, on the defensive line last year for the 2022 class, we are look or 23 class, we look really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, just inexperienced, right? So in a couple of years, I'd say next year or the next year, we're going to be really, really good on the defensive line. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where we need to to really focus all the defense so far. And we are recruiting the, 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 the secondary so well recently. We just got a five-star recruit for the 24 class, a 20, uh, uh, safety, five-star safety out of Texas. So I'm it not concerned cool. about the defense. Yeah, I know, I know. You don't have to care about the Gators. No, I, do. I, do. I do. We're looking good, man. So I am not concerned about the future. It's just the present. And so that is the big takeaway that I have from, from this game. Um, oh, and the transfers look good. Um, we got a couple of D-line transfers, Cam Jackson out of Memphis and Caleb Banks out of Louisville. They were dominating the line of scrimmage. They look great. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, there's not a lot of positives that I can take out of the Gator game. I just have to be like, guys, this isn't going to be our year. We'll be lucky if we get seven wins this year. Okay. <laughs> but if we can somehow get to seven wins, I would be happy. And I need to just see some progress from the young, the young kids and, uh, and just look towards the future. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So that is my biggest takeaway. I want to hear what your thoughts are about the about the game, to be honest. <sighs> well, you know, you really covered everything, but I, I could I could see a lot of youth. And even with even mm-hmm. with um our our defense and our team, Tennessee, I, mm-hmm. I've seen some youth. But I, I <laughs> You hear Daniel there? Yeah. Sorry. But I see some <clears throat> I see some youth, of course, that I feel like for the present isn't really good. But for yeah. the long run, it could be good because starting as early as possible is always the best for a player. I feel like, well, right. If if most if, in most in cases. most cases, that's the best because once they get the experience, then they can be the ones to start the cycle of dominance. Every everybody right. following after them, it, then that that's that's what can start the the um what would you call it the the decade of the of the Gators. We'll see. Yes, but. Yes, this is the decade of the Gators. <laughs> <laughs> but once again, I, I would say this is re- a rebuilding year. Let's just go ahead and, and yeah. call a spade a spade. This is a rebuilding year. I wouldn't really expect too much. Not saying like you won't be good or whatever. Like I would, I would predict that you'll win seven games, which is not bad for a rebuilding year. That's optimistic for yeah, us. Optimistic. To be but um, yeah, so that's my take on that. Mm. Um, offensively you just got to get it together they they just going to have yeah. to get it together if they want to win some football games 
Now, yeah. granted, and here's the thing with every single spring game that we will mention and have already mentioned, the defense is used to playing the offense. They already know the plays. I, I'm no, I don't right. care what anybody says. The defend, the defenders cheat a little bit. They do because they already know what's right. coming. We the defense should look a little better than the offense in spring games. Yeah, well, usually. we could talk about Ole Miss where they both sides put up almost fifty points. Or oh yeah, points. I didn't even watch that game yet. <laughs> I didn't watch the game, but I, I've seen like the final score. I'm just like. Oh that that is gosh, not good man. for Ole Miss's defense. That is not good. Yeah, to already know really the bad. plays really, and then <laughs> still have fifty points on each side. Put on your head. They're, that, they're going to be like good. a freaking Big Twelve team every every game, man. They're yeah. going to be <laughs> scoring fifty points and giving up fifty points every game. Yeah, that is ridiculous. But <laughs> you know, overall, you know, from from a from a, a standpoint of somebody that's neutral. I'm excited to see what the what the Vols and the Florida Gators would do this year and also the the years to come. I feel mm-hmm. like it's it's up for the Gators. It's also up for the Vols. We're in a better position right now. I will say that. Oh, you're in a much better position. Yes. But you know we've been there where you at, and I'll say just just get through it. it will, just get through. Just get through it. Your time will come. I promise. Well, so here's the here's the thing. I appreciate that, but I, I would I would say that. Um, you know, other than Josh Heupel at Tennessee and and Lincoln Riley at USC, since those two uh, coaches have really turned around uh, programs in like a year or two, right? Mm-hmm. You now have these fans who are like expecting if the coach doesn't get eight wins in year two, they're a complete failure. We need Which to is fire. Not them, true, right? Yeah, not true at all. Uh, you've got to take a look at. Uh, and and this is who I always go to when I when I whenever I'm down about the Gators, which is a lot. Okay, we're really good at baseball, but we're terrible in any other sport. Uh, well, of the big sports, I should say. Um, whenever I'm down about the Gators, I always look at the example of Florida State and Mike Norvell. Okay, mm-hmm. the first two years he adopted a dumpster fire of an organization from Willie Taggart after uh, Jimbo left. Mm-hmm. And he was, I think we were three and nine the first year or, or uh, I think it was three and nine the first year. And then we went five and seven the second year. And then last year we went 10 and four or something like that. And now this year we're contending for a national championship potentially. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take three to four years when you adopt a, a, a terror, when you go get into a, a situation like that, so I'm all about patience, mm-hmm. okay. And as long as I see some progress, as long as I see some some you know some positive things from some of the younger players specifically, I'm not too worried about the transfers who are like in year four mm-hmm. already, like Graham Mertz or like Manny Nunnery or these other like transfers from uh, that are on the linebacking core or whatever. Yes, I'm more concerned about, you know, Aiden Mizell or Andy Jean on the on the wide receiving core. They're both true freshmen. They are going to get playing time this year because the depth is terrible. Mm-hmm. Okay, will they make strides and be even better and ready to lead the team next year when we actually are contending? I feel like, um, maybe not next year, but the next year after that, uh, are we able to see that progress on the defense? And see that we are better from where we were last year, which was absolutely terrible. 
on defense. <laughs> um, so it's all about progress. And as long as I see progress, year two is not the year. Okay. So it's year three and year four. Year four is the big year where I think you need to come up. Like if you don't have, at, if you're not at least contending for the SEC East, then there's a problem by year four. Yeah. Um, but the recruiting is there. And I like how he coaches Billy Napier. I like his coaching hires, Corey Raymond specifically. Uh, and Austin Armstrong looks like his def- he's making the defense. They're flying around all over the place. They look very good. Um, so we'll see. I'm just, I just need to see some progression yes. from the Gators. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. And, and to kind of like piggyback off of that, same with mm. Tennessee. Honestly, I'm not expecting us to go 11 and two this year or, or anything better than that, like we did last year. I, I'm expecting some type of drop off. I, I am a little um, bit. Yeah. Now I would be disappointed. Once again, I've always said I've said this a million times. I say I say this to you. I say this to my fellow Tennessee fans. I say this to my brother, my everybody. <laughs> I say I am okay with Tennessee not doing anything right now. If they win the games they're supposed to win and lose the games they're supposed to lose. If if as or here's the thing, I'm fine with them winning the games they're supposed to lose, but if you lose the games you're supposed to win, that's where it becomes frustrating. So this year, I will say if we win the games we're supposed to win and lose the games we're supposed to lose, we can we can go what yes. uh nine and three or maybe eight and four. I mean, Okay, I'll say nine and three if we win the games we're supposed to win. Because I, yes. I don't expect to beat Bama. I do not expect to 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 beat Georgia. Um, I don't have our schedule pulled up, but I am sure we're going to lose another game. I, uh, I mean, you probably have an out of conference game that might be difficult. Like you probably don't pit, play Pitt again this year, no, but we don't. you probably play some ACC team or some team that you will have it like will be a difficult game probably yeah let, i don't know i'm, I'm gonna take a, a brief look at the games that we're see we, we play even though texas a&m probably not good this year a&m right? is trash they're, they're hot yeah. trash but it's just something about the sec teams man so yeah I said to, to, yeah. to lose to 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 bama to georgia right and then i'm iffy about even even though kentucky's hot garbage i'm iffy about them I've always been yeah, of South course. Carolina. They they just of course. Man, and then Florida. I always say Florida is our kryptonite every single year. Even though we beat y'all <laughs> this year, you saw how you seen how y'all were yeah. coming back. And almost you had a chance yeah, there at man. the end. Y'all always our kryptonite. So <laughs> once again, three games I'll give us that we should lose. Three games. And I'm okay with nine and three. Nine and three. Who's gonna get mad at nine and three? Nobody. Unless you're Alabama or Unless you're Ohio Bama or Ohio State, State or, or one of those yeah. teams, yeah. So that's my expectations for this year. So we will see okay. if we fall to eight and four or seven and five. I would be a little livid, just a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah. Very good. Yeah, and I think for me, I'm expecting I will be happy with six wins this year. I, again, I don't know what the schedule is. Uh, I could pull it up, but I just know the Gators have one of the toughest schedules in football this year. Um, we play Tennessee and Georgia every year. We play LSU every year. So those are three losses probably right there. <laughs> and you never know with Kentucky. You ne- Well, look, like okay, Tennessee used to be a shoe in I was like, ah, we're winning that game. But you guys are good now. Okay, so <laughs> I can't. 
I can't say, can't say it for sure now. He just, he just no, it's definitely not a for sure. For now, I'm like, okay, is this going to? Could we win this game? Is now the question, right? With it's the same thing with Georgia. Georgia, we used to win every year, mm-hmm. um, and now since they've had Kirby, it's like since year three of Kirby, they've just been dominating, mm-hmm. and they've won the national championship two years in a row. So it's like, what do you want from yeah. us? Do you want us to beat Georgia? Like, <laughs> like if you really expecting us or get um, mad if we don't beat Georgia, okay. Come on now. What are no, you can't be mad. As, as long as you play well against Georgia. I mean, that team is a well-oiled machine like of five-star talent. Like I watched that, that, that game with them, and I was like, oh, that's a five-star. That's a five-star. That's a high four-star. That's a five-star. That's a transfer who was a five-star in high school. Like it's just ridiculous, man. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Gators, six wins would be fantastic. <laughs> For us this year. We'll see, man. I just won't want to be realistic about our chances. But a team that I am not going to be realistic or pessimistic about, you see that transition? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is Florida State University. Yes. As you all know, I'm also a Florida State fan. I went there for college, so it is kind of weird, but I have now transferred to a Florida State fan as well. And I watched this spring game, and I am... Uh, very excited about uh, about the year, mm-hmm. and not even because of the spring game, because I didn't think the spring game really showed much. I think if you're a good enough team, like you're a Georgia or an Alabama or Ohio State, you should play one. It should be okay. The spring game should be like an NFL preseason game, okay, mm-hmm. where your starters play one drive. They look really really good, and then the rest of the game you play your third and fourth strings yeah. <laughs> the whole time to see who's going to fight it out and make the team and get some, you know, not make the team in college, obviously, but like by make the team, I mean like earn their playing time. Right. Right. And Florida state. No, you're good. Florida state is in the position where they're doing that. Jordan Travis only played one drive (laughs) this, this, uh, this game. I think Jared verse played maybe one or two drives this game. And then he was doing interviews the rest of the time. Right. (laughs) So, it was great. It was great to see. And um, I have a few notes about Florida State. Number one, uh, and this isn't just true about Florida State. I think Ohio State did this in their game too. Uh, they're like playing music during the game. And by during the game, I mean like as, as the, play the plays happening, are happening. Which I'm should like, not happen. Guys. Yeah, I know. I'm like, guys, we can do this before the play or during commercials, not during the pass. I'm like watching – Jordan Travis throw a ball and it's like, I'm like, dude, what is going on right now? Why, why am I hearing like dubstep during my football game? I do not like that. That's number one. I'm hearing dubstep. Okay. During the past. It's true, bro. Um, Number two, I think that for Florida State specifically, this was more about the game was more about the additions that were made to the team rather than um, any of the current players on the team. There were no real battles. Like, there's no QB battle. There's no, you know, who's going to win this. Like, the starters are the starters, right? Mm-hmm. And it was more about seeing could the transfers and the Florida State Seminoles had the number one transfer uh, portal rankings this year. Yes. Could the transfers... um come in and make it an immediate impact like a Fentrell Cypress, like Braden Fisk, Winston Wright, uh, Kyle Morlock. I'm just throwing all the names out there. 
Jaheim Bell from South Carolina and the uh, recruits, the freshman recruits, like Hakeem Williams, the five-star wide receiver, Brock Glenn, the the quarterback, Ventrevious Jacobs and Quindarius Jones, like all these players that weren't on the team last year, how are they going to make us better, right? So it was more about that for me, and they all look really good. (laughs) I am... Uh, I don't want to be like one of those people that's hyping up Florida State because I did that last year. What happened? But I mean, y'all were pretty good though. Well, they were good. They were good last yeah. year. Um, but I think we're getting a little too hyped this year, if that makes sense. Everybody has us in the preseason power rankings at like seven, and I'm like, Ooh, okay, uh, it's a little high. Slow I down, think. just a little bit. Let's uh, slow down. They let's beat Clemson before you rank us in the top ten. Um, I think. There's a couple of players that are that are set to make a breakout, have a breakout year with the departure of some players. For example, uh, Treshawn Ward left this year. I don't know why, but he went to the transfer portal and he's now at Kansas State. It's time for Lawrence Toafili and Rodney Hill and C.J. Campbell, even our running backs, to make an impact along with Trey Benson, who was already a huge player for us last year. Um, Kalen Deloach, the uh, linebacker. He had two uh, huge. Uh, he had an interception that would have been a touchdown if it wasn't called back, and he had a fumble recovery that would have been a touchdown if it wasn't called back. So I'm looking for him to make big strides, especially with the absence of like a leader on the defense, like Jamie Robinson, who left last year, the safety, who is going to be a top, uh, probably third round prospect in the NFL. Um, and. Uh, Kentron Portier, like he made some incredible catches. Is he going to be able to replace? Well, we didn't really lose anybody in the wide receiver position, but is he going to be able to add to the offense that was already like one of the best offenses in college football last year? Um, And then finally, what are we going to see from the quarterback? What did we see from the quarterback of the future? In my opinion is AJ Duffy out of IMG Academy, who will probably take over for Jordan Travis after he leaves, wins the Heisman, wins the national championship Whoa, this me? year. And then, yeah, you know, and then he goes Whoa, to the NFL. Um, <laughs> you usually going to, you just going to insert that in there and not expect me to not to react to that. Excuse me. <laughs> so AJ Duffy, you know, how did he look? I think he looked pretty fine. Like he looked good. Like I think he'll make a, he'll be a, he'll be a reasonably good, starter will he be jordan travis good probably not but um there's hope for the future um but and finally my last note is the buy-in is there from the Mm. players some teams you have to convince the players at miami that (laughs) the team is going to be able to do something Okay. Well, you got to pay them to, to uh, do something, or yeah. you got to pay them to stay there, right? Yeah. There's a reason that Florida State had so many players that could have gone to the NFL that didn't. There's a reason that Florida State had so many players that could have left, gone into the transfer portal, and gotten more playing time somewhere else, but didn't because they believe in Coach Novell and they believe in the process. Brick by brick, right? Brick by brick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, exactly. So, so I'm super excited from the buy-in from the players and the talent that we have and the potential that Florida State could could 
go undefeated win the national championship okay, in the see, that's that's what i'm, I'm saying, just like, that, saying. That's where we, we just no we, we can't go past that no <laughs> so i'm just you're sounding like we're back that's what you're sounding like no 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 no. this isn't texas this ain't no texas garbage know. okay i'm saying we could now will we will we take the opportunity right that is the question of the season will we take the potential and turn it into a reality mm-hmm. right i i'm not here to make predictions even though i just did um we'll do that on another episode like a preseason episode when we make predictions but they could they have the potential to at the very least make the acc championship and at the best win the heisman the national championship so uh it's interesting Okay, well, I guess while Riley's over here making you know predictions, saying that he's going to win the, the Heisman, whatever this year, <laughs> you know, I, I'm okay with that. You want to know why? Because everybody also is tossing out predictions, saying that Arch Manning is going to possibly <laughs> win the Heisman at some point in his college career. Potentially. So, so Potentially. Um, okay, well, the, uh, let's 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 evaluate the spring games to to so we can see. Could he? As of right now, does he look like a, a potential Heisman candidate? So, do you want the short answer or the long answer? <laughs> well, I can I can give you I can give you the we can get the short answer that we can give the stats in a second. So, yeah, what what yeah, is your what is your short answer, Riley? A short answer is no. No, yes. In the in the short term, no. He is not. He's not even up for contention for the start. Yes, exactly. Right so. For the people that that are just like, whoa, it, it's it, oh, it's Arch Manning. I, that's Peyton Manning's uh, uh, nephew, whatever. Okay, look, everybody has a name. The name doesn't <laughs> make the person. The person makes the name. Yeah, and you that that is that was highly understood after this game, in my opinion. No disrespect. So, offensively, we'll get to everybody else, but we mainly want to know about Arch Manning. How did he do? Now, mm. you know. Looking at the game again, he did do some good things. He did that didn't carry over to the stat sheet. But looking at the stat sheet right now, Arch Manning went five of thirteen, passing for a total of thirty yards. Now, granted, after I rewatched it, they did send a lot of pressure his way, mm. and he did make some good reads. He did decide to throw the ball out of bounds instead of taking a sack, which is really good. That doesn't go in the stat sheet, but. I mean, once again, looking at the stats, if we go down to Nico, he was 8 for 16 for tw- 112 yards, and that was with wide receivers dropping a lot of his balls. It like I feel like if if the wide receivers didn't drop you know, a few of his balls, his stats would look a whole lot better. It, w- it would probably be what? Because he, he even would have gotten more throws in. It would have been maybe 11 for what? 11 for 18, maybe yeah, 180 yards, one touchdown, or maybe two touchdowns. I mean – that's what you would expect from a highly touted recruit. And Nico delivered with such a small um, sample size, size, but uh, Arch Manning threw a little bit more than, or just as much as him for 30 yards. Something just is not adding up here. What is going on? Well, what's going on is Arch Manning isn't as good as people make him seem. So, once again, I, a little yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I took a page from your book, you know, going from zero to 100 <laughs> really quick, you know, and 
I had, I, I had a bad enough, part of my personality now. Uh, but, fair enough, fair enough. But yeah. once again, I would give Archman some time. Now, of course, everybody needs time to develop, but it wasn't a Texas offense. Let's be honest. It is not the most, um, you know, it's not rocket science. It's, 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 <laughs> it's, I feel like it's, it's an offense where you can really shine if you just make the plays. Well, oh, a yeah. perfect example of that. Malik Murphy. Mm. I will say number one, Malik Murphy, the second string quarterback. Um, he was a standout for me. He was nine mm. of thirteen passing, and he passed for one hundred and sixty-five yards and one touchdown. Should have been two or three touchdowns if the wide receivers didn't drop the ball. One literally dropped a wide open pass that would have led to a touchdown. I always and you know I said after watching Texas spring game that Malik Murphy is what um want Joe Milton to be or you ever heard that meme they say you versus the guy that she tells you not to worry about yes. that that was that here like Joe Milton is that guy and then Malik Murphy is the guy that she tells him not to yeah. worry about like Malik Murphy <laughs> yeah. is who I want Joe Milton to be Malik Murphy has the best arm talent on the team even the the, yeah. the, the all the coaches back that up they they were saying yeah he has the the, the, the best arm talent is just that sometimes he trusts it too much. So if he sharpens his his decision making, <laughs> if he sharpens his decision just making, just leave that in. I will. Just leave that. In. <laughs> yeah, uh, people understand. Look, look, this is yeah. the podcast. You know, you just don't know what to expect. Sometimes you never. People know. would just scream in the background. Woo! But, oh man! Yeah, Malik, yes. Malik Murphy was very impressive. The best arm talent mm. I've seen in a long time. I know catching yep. his balls. If you catch it with your with your chest, you might knock the wind out of you. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so he did pretty good. And the 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 starting quarterback, which he was, I guess, battling for the starting spot, is Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers. Now man. I will say he did look like the leader for the team. And he went 16 for 23, and he passed for 195 yards and one touchdown. Now, he he did pretty good. He did really good. But once again, yeah. Malik Murphy, just with the small sample size that we've seen, I feel like talent-wise, he is the best quarterback in that room right now. Hey, man, I'm into Malik Murphy if he transfers. All right. I'm yeah, just I'm saying. Like, the Gators like, might want to step on that right now. Right? <laughs> I'm just saying. Bro. So do you – It should be huh, – It should be what? In they they should be calling him every day, texting him. What up, Malik? What's going on? You ready to transfer yet, yeah. please? It's sending him chocolate and and, and flowers. Just, yes. just 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 the brownie points. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe put put you know a couple thousand dollars inside the chocolate box. Mm-hmm. Maybe just just put him inside of that uh, McDonald's. McDonald's giving him for, for lunch. <laughs> yeah, just take a, a page out of um out of my Amy book. Even yes, Jeremy Pruitt's book, exactly. Or yes, that's who I was thinking of, <laughs> Jeremy Pruitt. But yeah, also Miami as well. I mean, don't skimp out on the NIL here. Let's let's make something happen. Let's make something happen. Let's make something <laughs> shake. No offense to Graham Mertz, but I don't know, man. Yeah. We might need some more competition in the QB room at Florida. And, I'm just and, saying. and you know, Billy Napier was just saying, just like you said, they need to target the the uh, the transfer portal. Target the transfer portal. Yeah. So you think that Malik Murphy will transfer? If he does, he is a he is a redshirt freshman, right? Is he is he a redshirt freshman? I think he's a redshirt freshman. I think he Dang. yeah he redshirted last You're year. You're right. Okay, 
So Quinn Ewers is the starter, right? Arch Manning mm-hmm. is their QB of the future. Is he? Right? <laughs> so, yes. They're not getting rid of him. After one mediocre slash subpar performance, yeah. The, uh, the, the, he was the number one recruit at a high school. It shouldn't have been. But he was the number one recruit at a high school. Uh, he's got the last name Manning. He's not going anywhere. So Malik Murphy is the odd man out. And I think all this game did, in my opinion, was Race just raise stop. his stock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he should transfer to Florida. Right, it's now. also to Florida now. Now, I'm like, now, Riley's showing a bit of bias here. I mean, he could transfer. It oh, don't have yeah. to be Florida. <laughs> well, okay, but where else? Where else do you see a more desperate QB situation? All right. Uh... So a team that could contend. Okay, maybe maybe Ohio State, which we'll talk about later. But I don't know, man. I'm just saying. I mean, but you said who could contend? I mean, can Florida contend right now? They could. No. Well, yeah, you're probably. Right. But you know you. That's Come to Tennessee. We already have no quarterback. No, <laughs> no, we don't need Tennessee to get anywhere. Else, man. Please <laughs> keep rolling, Joe. Please. No, it's it, it <laughs> so, like you want Joe to win the start position. I love Joe Milton. I love that guy. Do you? Unironically, yes. Okay. I think unironically, the fact that he stayed around and he's, he's waiting his time, I respect him for that. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like, you know. Kind of like how I felt about Emory Jones. Mm-hmm. He re- he waited his time, and then he got you know he didn't play well, but he waited his time, and he 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 earned it. Okay, so I love Joe unironically, but also please start first Tennessee, <laughs> please, especially when you play against Florida. Okay, please. All right, I, well, I'm just please, saying. Florida, just 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 you know just 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 hurt his ankle just a little bit, not not too much, but just to take him out the game, put Nico <laughs> in or something like that, just just a little bit. <laughs> Dirty players. Now, I'm uh, sure it would have had a few or Gaston Moore. Or Gaston Moore. Saying, bro. Yeah. But speaking yeah. of transfers, Malik Murphy could transfer. Yes. yes. Malik Murphy could transfer. But a, a transfer that is already doing really, really well is A.D. Mm. Mitchell, former Georgia oh, receiver. Yes. I don't know if you've seen that one-handed touchdown. Catch. I saw that catch, bro. I was like. I'm kind of salty that he didn't go to Tennessee, but we already have. You are a lot stacked of, like, at receiver, have, bro. <laughs> we are stacked. Damn it, I don't care. I, look, <laughs> uh, we'll take all that we can get. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're just, just you're just, just have, like Bama, bro. When Bama got Jermaine Burton, it's like, oh my god, they did not need Jermaine Burton, and then they got him anyways. You are like, oh, I would have taken Ad Mitchell in a heartbeat. Just imagine we had Ad Mitchell, we had. We have Bruce yep. McCoy. We have Thornton from um, from Oregon. Oregon. We we have uh, Squirrel White. Squirrel White is so fast, man. He might be faster than Jalen Hyatt. Like, it, it, bro, I want us to be packed to where no matter where the ball is thrown, possibly a touchdown will be oh scored. No matter gosh. who has the ball in their hand, I want to be unfair. No, 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 I want uh, Alabama. You want to be like Ohio State, bro? Well, okay. Well, we are. I mean. Here's the thing. We 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 were going toe to toe with Ohio State's receiving court. Well, we were okay, like, but this year Ohio State is gonna be better. We'll see about that. I mean, what's game? They only lost Jackson Smith and Jigba, and we only lost Cedric Tillman and Jalen. Okay, Hines. that's true. Okay, but okay. All right, we'll talk about Ohio State. In a bit. <laughs> okay, we'll Ohio State. In a bit. But Ad Mitchell, but yeah, AD man, Mitchell, that man. catch was insane, bro. Yeah, and. You know he the addition his addition to the to the Texas wide receiver core man it is going to be ridiculous because you already have um what's his name Xavier Worthy Worthy yes and Worthy was literally the the go to guy 
So yeah. he is. We'll see how that works because he's going to have to share the ball a little bit more instead of one in every single play. So. Yeah, in, in my opinion, Xavier Worthy, other than Marvin Harrison Jr., is the best college football receiver right now. Like, he's looked good since his freshman year, and he's going to continue to look good. He'll probably go to the league next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so him and Jordan Whittington, who's like a sixth-year senior or something, I don't know how long he's been on the Longhorns, but it's been a long time. Um, so, yeah, A.D. Mitchell now is, is, is really making that Longhorns – offense look even more high powered than it already did exactly and but the other concern besides you know the receiver or even the quarterback battle is mm. who will, who would replace robinson robinson john, john robinson, robinson yeah and roshan johnson left too yes they're they're their second backup yeah mm-hmm. well i think that the 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 running back room for texas is in good hands number one Jaden uh, blue yeah. Yeah, ten carries, fifty-two yards, one touchdown. Every single time he ran the ball, it was always a positive. Every single time, that yep. man was a tough runner. Um, I think it was the other guy, something red. Yeah, it's like Sel 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 Selvin Red or or something. Blue and red. Yeah, blue, red blue and red. red, red and blue. Yeah, they they're going to really make a lot of defenders that try to tackle them red and blue. Literally, yeah, bruised up. They're they're big guys. They're strong. They're tough runners. Literally, and red had some really nice catches out of the backfield too. Yes. Like he was a really nice receiving back as well. And then you can't forget their their rookie who I just it pains me to say that he's still that he's a Longhorn, but C J Baxter. Uh, or Cedric Baxter out of uh, Florida. He was highly recruited five-star running back who Florida wanted so bad, but Texas gave him like a million dollars straight up in NIL <laughs> money. So yeah, what you got to yeah. do to get so, what you want to get. Right. But he had a, he had a touchdown in the spring game. He's going to be a monster in my opinion. Uh, so yeah, te- Texas offensively, is in good hands. Yeah, defensively, <laughs> right. didn't really care about them. Honestly, I, I just that's always the problem is their defense, their defense, man. I know. So we'll see I mean, if they can make any strides this they're year. They're pretty good against Bama last year, though. I think what was the final score? What ten to thirteen or something like that? Nine. It was like twenty to nineteen. But that is such an offhanded thing that will never happen again. Bama will never put themselves in that position. Yeah, maybe. But uh, yeah, so I don't Texas think. needs to recruit some defense. They they didn't really, yeah, yeah they didn't really. Big nobody time. really stood out to me defensively. So, right. The question is: Is Texas back? Will Arch Manning be the <laughs> new franchise quarterback for Texas? Um, not this not year. This year. Maybe <laughs> not next year. Maybe not the year after that. Maybe he will flop. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping he will. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, Arch Manning was a perfectly graded. And by perfectly graded, I mean like he had a 1.0 grading, like composite, in the the 24/7 recruiting which is last kind year. Kind of ridiculous. And, let's let's which is ridiculous. Relax a little bit. He's not that good. He wasn't even the best quarterback in the class, in my opinion. Who's the best? Um, better be Nico. I better be Nico. From, I don't even think it's Nico. I think, in my opinion, from what I've heard, it's either Dante Moore, who ended up going to UCLA. He was committed <laughs> to Oregon, and then he went to UCLA, or it's Malachi Nelson who ended up going to uh, USC, who didn't really look very good in the uh, the the game that they played. But it doesn't really matter because uh, he has years under behind Caleb Williams uh, to be able to perfect his craft. But I think Malachi Nelson was probably better than Arch Manning, so I think he was already overrated. And the Manning name just like adds to that. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah, 
you know, we'll yeah, see. We'll see. So Arch Manning, uh, not too good of a job in the spring game. Um, Eddie Mitchell. He's, he's got, got time to develop. Got time to develop. Eddie Mitchell. Yeah. Really good job. Malik Murphy. Instant star. Go to Florida. Yeah. Please. Please go to Florida we, for Riley. We need State. you. Please. They need you. Florida Please. needs you. Jaden Blue, yes. go ahead and bruise people up. Yeah, man. He's a monster. Yes. So, next, we have Georgia. Oh, my gosh. Now. Dude. <laughs> what, is, Georgia, what are your thoughts? Okay. So, obviously, the big thing is the QB battle between Vandergriff and Beck. And the winner of the QB battle, I think undisputed, is... Carson Beck. Mm-hmm. He looked amazing yesterday. Yes. Now, I did make this note the other day uh, when I was watching it, and I said, uh, what I said? I said, if you give every QB this much time, of course they of look course great. they're going to look great. Because my God, their O-line, I also wrote down, I said, O-line looks like a solid brick wall that will never be breached. <laughs> okay? They didn't get any pressure at all. And it's not because Georgia's soft on the D-line. Okay? It's because they literally get elephants that are people and they put them on the line and they are some of the best offensive line players like in football. Like they have the best offensive line easily. So will Carson Beck look as good uh, on any other team? No, but everybody will look good on Georgia's team. It's just like how Alabama's quarterbacks always look amazing. It's because they literally never get pressured ever. Yeah. So they always, they the always have five five stars all around them. But let's see yes. if you can put on a mediocre team, which yes. even though Tennessee we're, we're doing pretty good, Nico, he really will prove himself. If he does good, that means he's good because yes. we don't have just five stars surrounding him everywhere. No, it's four stars and there, there's three stars. So exactly. Um, oh, yeah. Then um, sorry to go back to Tennessee, but our own line was looking, even though a lot of them didn't play, yeah. didn't start, but they're, they're looking a little iffy here. I, I don't. Yeah. I'd ooh. say that's probably your biggest concern. Yeah, to our be biggest honest. concern is our own line. Other than your QB battle. Yeah. Um, O-line, yeah. they are a little, a little Yeah. They really didn't get more than two or three seconds before somebody was already back there, which was ridiculous. But at the same time, it looks good for our D line because Rodney Garner, right. man, that man is, I don't know. He, he, I feel like he, he didn't drug them up back there, like, but behind a tent or something like that. Like, he, yep. he stabbed them with something, put something in their veins because, man, they were going <laughs> after the quarterback. Man, they were wrecking havoc back there. And they were pretty good last year, especially on, on the yeah. ends, our edges, man. They were really good. Um, But, yeah, so offensive line for Tennessee, a, a huge concern. Offensive line for Georgia, mm-hmm. unfair. Brick raw. Yeah. It is unfair. And and in the game, you could see the difference between the starters and the players that were going to be starters in two years. Mm-hmm. You can see the talent all over the field. All of them are five stars, okay? That's five it's Oh, he's from IMG Academy. Oh, the, yes. I know where he's from. Oh, he's from California. Bro, you just, the you amount of names out. that I heard, bro, that I was like, oh, well, we recruited that guy and didn't get him, and we recruited that guy and didn't get him. and recru- There's so many five-star players on the team. It's ridiculous. It and ridiculous. they were like the third stringers. So you've got your, obviously your QB battle. And then you've got your starters like Brock Bowers and McConkey and uh, St. Jackson who played like one or two drives. And then they said, I'm done for the day. Okay. And then they had everybody else battle it out. 
Mm. Um, but there is such a clear difference between players that have been there and that are veterans like McConkey and, and, and Bowers and et cetera, and people who are extremely talented, but don't know the system yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, I just said Georgia feels like more like Bama by the way that most of their starters are developed before they ever start on the field, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You can tell that these kids are uber talented, but they aren't going to start, <laughs> okay? So for me, I have a lot of specific notes about Georgia. Me too. Um, but the main thing to take away from it other than the QB battle is just it is unfair how ridiculously talented they are. They are loaded everywhere on the field. And uh, that's not going to stop anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dominic Lovett is going to be the other kick returner. Um, the transfer out of Missouri. Missouri, who I wanted so bad. Um, he is probably going to be the best transfer for Georgia. Yeah. Like He's also a wide he receiver is well. so he, good. Yeah, he did really good as a yeah. returner and wide receiver, man. It was ridiculous. Yeah. He is ridiculous and unfair. It's unfair. Again, it's unfair. I'm just going to complain this whole it's time. Not it's not fair. fair. It is not fair. It's not fair that Georgia can be this good. Um, and, you know, there's not a lot. And then they have like 17 tight ends, bro. And then you've got this other tight end who's like a walk-on, this Lawson Lucky guy. And he comes out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh, and there's another monster tight end That's I, I this said, yeah i said loss and lucky is the next monster georgia tight end like mm-hmm. darnell washington brock bowers oscar delp uh and now this loss and lucky guy and i'm probably forgetting a couple other good names but like loss and lucky is now oh well we've got this guy to worry about now yeah. it's like my like, God, can, can we can we slow down can can you distribute the, give me a the break the, 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 georgia. The talent, georgia yeah but i will spread say, the love a little bit yeah spread the love i will say that they did spread the love on the field with the playbook they they seem to open up the playbook more than anybody that i've seen so far i, I might be yeah. a little inaccurate with that but they i was like man they're tossing out trick plays i think they did i forgot the, the name of the play but it was just they, they was tossing out trick plays and everything i'm just like okay georgia you're open up your playbook not saying it's bad but yeah i wish tennessee could have done this but okay well i think georgia's more comfortable in and they're just out talenting everybody. So I just think they're able to do that if they, if they want to, they're just like, eh, we'll just show you. It doesn't matter. We're still going to beat you. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm being all doom and gloom about Georgia. And I think that they're just so invincible that they're going to win another national championship this well, year. But, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I guess know. I would dis- slightly disagree with that. I feel like mm. they have the opportunity to win another championship. I don't think this year, I feel like, they're they you think they, they're they, rebuilding this I, year because they lost Stetson Ben? No, not rebuilding. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that they're young, just from what I've seen. That now, of course, mm-hmm. once again, I'm sure with every spring game, they sh- they showcase all the young talent. They don't really show the starters. Yeah. So I, I wasn't really too much sold on what I said as far as them not winning, might not been able to win in Natty this year, but I don't know. Last year, I was like, man, they are going to win. I called it with, uh, you know, with my other friends and and fans of Tennessee football. I'm like, tennis. Uh, Georgia looks like the most complete team this year. This year, they they look right. like they're they look very talented, but complete discipline is not there for me right now. Hmm. I might I might be wrong. Maybe I need to watch the the, the spring game again. But it's it's not. I'm not as convinced this year as I was last year. Hmm. 
Okay. I might have to watch it again, but that was that was that's what I I don't know. I, I just always look at the Georgia team and I'm just like, man, this is just crazy. Yeah. I I am at a loss every time I'm like, oh well, then this player's making a play, and then this player that I've never heard of is making a play, and then you know. Uh, Georgia's just there now. They're at that level with Alabama, and they surpassed Alabama, in my opinion, in terms of consistently good football play. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're they're number one team in recruiting every year, and that's the most important thing when you're trying to build, when you're trying to reload every year. Mm-hmm. Like Georgia, to me, is an automatic rifle. Okay, and every year they they kill everybody. Okay, and then. They just they take the clip out or the mag out or whatever you want to say, and then you they reload it with a bunch of other five stars and they clip it back in and they go and they kill everybody the next year. And I think that's gonna happen again this year. I don't know if they're gonna win the national championship because you never know in college football. But man, I'm just it's so difficult for me to not just be like as a Florida fan, uh, like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, and just be like, well, they're gonna win again. <laughs> Oh, Georgia looks great again. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm just jaded from the years of the years of Kirby Smart dominance and the years to come, you know? Mm-hmm. And the fact that I've seen Nick Saban coach Alabama for like almost 15 years now mm-hmm. and then just be dominant for that, that many years. It's like, can you blame me? I don't know. I don't know. Here's the thing. You you are I totally understand where you come from. I do. I get it. So like don't don't feel like, oh, maybe you you just you they're the only one thinking this at this point. I'm the same way. Like with George right now, mm. I'm just like, oh. Like I literally even last year, I feel like we could beat every team besides Georgia. Man, we didn't yeah. beat Georgia. I mean, well, of course we lost to South Carolina, but let's move on. Um but yeah, so I will say, listeners, that I haven't watched all the spring games, so I will hold back on my comment saying that Georgia is the most complete team this year. I, I will, I will pull back on saying, I'm sorry, saying that they're not the most complete team. Fair enough, fair enough, man. But I mean, uh, okay, uh, a perennial contender who is not going to be a complete team this year is the Ohio State Buckeyes. Oh yeah, okay. And by that, I mean specifically with their quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everybody knows that CJ Stroud is going either first or second in the NFL draft this year. Mm. So that leaves a huge hole at quarterback that needs to be filled. So you'd think that Ohio State would have somebody who is going to take over for them. Um, but they don't. No, they don't. Um, now, I, I know that Devin Brown uh, was the other quarterback who was in the quarterback battle this year. He did not play uh, in the spring game at all. It was just Kyle McCord the uh, probably presumed starter at this point. And this guy named like Jeb- Jebiah or like Jebia or something. Mm-hmm. They like kept being like Jebia on the throw. I'm like, who the heck is Jebia? What the heck? What does that even mean? So all I can say is that from the Ohio state game, the defense looks like they're going to have to lean on their defense a little bit this year based on how bad their offense looked. Was it that bad? I haven't seen it. It's okay. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't Ohio State good, if that makes sense. Like when you look at Ohio State game, you always expect a certain level of quality in in their in their uh, offensive efficiency, right? And you expect them to dominate 
on the in the trenches and therefore that leads to amazing running plays with bruiser backs and and speedy backs and and then with all of their wide receiver talent you're like how can this team lose they've got marvin harrison jr and they've got egg and they've got um who's the third one uh fleming they none of them played yesterday except uh marvin harrison played a little bit but and then they've got like three other guys that are like waiting in the wings like, to take over for their spots. And they're all five stars and they're all amazing. Uh, and I'm just like, how could they lose? But offensively, they struggled against the defense. What was the final score? So uh, I don't remember, but it was really close. It was like, and the way that the, the teams did it, it was, it was weird. It was like, oh, if you get a three and out, you get three points on the defensive side. And if you get a whatever and out, then you get one point. It, it was weird. I don't remember what the final mm-hmm. score was, but it, it was close. a little whack, but let's move on. Yeah, it was kind of weird, but uh, I don't know. But all I know is that somebody's going to have to fill the void that CJ Stroud left, and nobody did that. Because I, I, I said this, I said, Jebbia or McCord, neither really stand out to me. So that's a problem for Ohio State. Um, the defense could be elite, but their offense has to get rolling. And again, I know it's just a spring game, but there is a little air of concern. And I did read some of the comments in the video, and it was all these Ohio State fans being like, McCord, I don't know. I'm kind of worried about McCord. And I'm just like, yeah, man, me too. So... We'll just see again. I feel like I say this with every spring game, but I'm just like, we'll see, man. But I mean, rightfully so because it's a spring game, and you mostly see the the upcoming talent versus your, your yeah. solid starters. And then it, it, there's right. they're really in a process of still trying to figure it out. But at the same time, you also can compare to previous spring spring games. And of course, if this spring game was worse than Ohio State's, and they seem like a more complete team in previous spring games, and then you're, yeah. it's fair for you to say, "Oh, we're a little concerned. We're a little concerned for Ohio State right now." So, yeah, I think specifically it's just the fact that I was looking for a quarterback because I already knew I was like, "Well, they don't have somebody who's going to step up immediately and fill that role." from CJ Stroud. So that's why I was like looking at the quarterback play to be like, all right, who's the next Ohio state quarterback that's going to dominate. Cause it feels like for years they've just dominated with Braxton Miller and uh, Dwayne Haskins and uh, just Justin Fields and CJ Stroud. And it feels like it's just next man up, right? Next man up. And this not year it's up. not really like that. So it'll be interesting to see Ohio state and how they play. Um, in the next couple of months to see if they make any big moves or anything like that. So that was my big takeaway from Ohio State. Maybe they get Malik Murphy. Maybe they get Malik <laughs> Murphy. Yeah, it's very possible. Disappointed to say that. Uh, you know, I, I'm just thinking about our situation right now in Florida. <laughs> I'm just like, we'll probably not make a move on him either. Like it was the amount of players the amount of talent that was in the portal this year qb talent that we just didn't hit on and then we got graham mertz who again i love the kid but has not separated from anybody and there's not a lot of competition so i'm a little concerned but yeah um and then the last team that i wanted to talk about was usc and i don't have a lot to talk about but just 
you know, it was USC being USC. They dominated on offense and their defense looked horrible. Um, other than their DBs, I think their DBs, I saw a lot of good stuff out of them. But what, did you watch the USC game at all? Or Oh, I didn't. Okay. So I'll just say that Caleb Williams looks amazing. He played for one drive, obviously. Um, and the wide receivers that they have at uh, uh, USC are crazy too. Like, It's another one of those things of like, how do they replace Jordan Addison? Oh, well, let's just put in Mario Williams and Zachariah Branch, incoming five-star freshman, and this person, and this person. And it's like, oh, well, they have no problem there. Um, it's just like a question of their defense. It's like their run defense looks straight up bad. Like <laughs> they look terrible. So they might not have to worry about that with the Pac-12 and their lack, their defense or lack thereof. And, you know, that might not be a problem for them, but that is the big question going into the season. It's not about quarterback battle. It's not about, you know, anything like that. It's can this defense keep keep enough teams from scoring long enough for Caleb Williams and USC's offense to put up 40? I think they'll win plenty of games, and uh, that's my big takeaway from the USC game specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think even without watching the game, I feel like I agree with that. It seems pretty accurate. Yeah. And it seems like that's the sense. Also for Ole Miss, I know I brought them up earlier, putting up like 100 points total. Crazy. Like their defense is always just so trash. I don't even know why yeah. we even want to go there to begin with. There's no point. Like, Well, and it makes sense that they put up so many points too because they have like three amazing quarterbacks and I don't remember who they all are, but I just remember them having like three starting caliber quarterbacks. I'm like, what the heck, man? Why do you want to do that? I guess maybe they're like competitive and like okay with trying to win the starting job, but it's like, come on, man. Spread the love a little bit. Don't hog all yeah. the quarterbacks. Just <laughs> where you just sit on the sideline because yeah. there's only one quarterback that can start. And yeah. the other ones are going to sit unless the person gets hurt. Exactly. So, I guess Lane Kiffin is the QB guru, I guess. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> but anyways. Uh, that is the recap of all the spring games. Uh, I'm excited. I'm glad we got to see some spring uh, football because, you know, it's a preview of what's to come potentially and uh, always excited to, to see some football. So uh, do you have any final thoughts, Hunter, before we wrap this episode up? Um, I will still keep my eye on... I will be keeping my eye on Arch Manning, Nico, yes. and Malik Murphy. Absolutely. It'll be very interesting to see where they all end up, uh, whether starters or uh, potential backups or in the transfer portal, um, in some people's case. But uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the TBD Podcast. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Uh, tell us what we should name this podcast in the comments below. And to the millions and millions of people listening across the world, thank you so much for sticking with us and we will talk to you all next time.